0: Sex is the life force energy that runs through us all. Can you use sexual energy for your spiritual evolution? Or perhaps for emotional healing? Is it even possible? Clinical sexologist Dr. Martha Tar Lee will explore all these and more on Eros Evolution on Home Times Radio.
1: Hello, and welcome to Eros Evolution. This is where sexuality and spirituality meet. My name is Martha. I'm a clinical sexologist with a doctorate in human sexuality, and I am from Eros Coaching. That's eroscoaching.com. And for today, we're talking about something entirely different from the usual topic. Usually, I have all kinds of different sex experts, and today I have someone completely different, and we're going to be talking about intuitive eye readings. The Window to Your Soul and Soulmates. And today we'll be having with us Laura Lee and uh, uh, Shimaya and, uh, sorry, Shimayo, and we'll be discussing intuitive eye readings and how to empower living on purpose. So she's passionate about people being authentic and sharing their natural genius throughout life, leadership, and love. In a reading of someone's eyes, as seen in person, video, or in photos, Lai uh, reflects their personality and soul as a set of archetypes called tribe Types. Lai will be sharing with us today eye readings and how they empower people to grow, list their purpose, make great career choices, synthesize all their relationships, and attract and choose soulmates. She is an intuitive eye reader, body psychology coach, hiring consultant and romantic matchmaker. She has been reading, coaching, matchmaking and teaching people professionally for over 10 years. She brings a scientific approach to the intuitive and metaphysical arts. She's a co-author of The Sweet Spot, leveraging your talents in leadership and life and author of her conscious online dating guide, Eyes Are the Window to Your Soulmate. She believes everyone has genius and these qualities shine through people's eyes, and that we can all see that in each other. So, in her session, she interprets what she sees in someone as the thrive types, a set of archetypes for thriving. So, today we'll find out more about her, about this. So do check out her website in the meantime, ThriveTypes.com, and all and on her personal website. That's LaurelLeeShimayo.com. That's Laurel L A U R E L I Shimayo.com.
2: So welcome to the show. Hi, Martha. I'm so happy to be here.
1: Yeah, I'm very, very, very excited about today's show because it's something completely new to me, different. So, uh, yeah, I, uh, you have so all these um, different experiences. So how did you get started?
2: Oh, I had been a scientist, and uh, I did legal work. I did a lot of different things, and my interest really was in people, and I finally opened to that interest in people, and I considered going back to grad school to study psychology. And instead, I found another teacher that does the I readings and I studied with this person and learned everything I could and within a couple of years started teaching and creating new materials. And then I branched off and started my coaching career.
1: And, so, and uh, I believe that everyone
2: be... reads... I said, I yeah, believe that ahead. everyone reads eyes. I th- yeah, I think it's something that everyone does. We just don't realize that we do this. I think every So people are familiar with the phrase, eyes are a window to the soul. And then also, if you think about times when you've met someone wearing dark sunglasses and you can't see their eyes, you have this awareness that so much is missing. So I believe that we all take in so much about each other through our eyes, and then the archetypes that I that I use—it's a way of describing what it is that we see. But we pick up so much about people, so much emotionally, just all kinds of different things.
1: Mm. So do you find uh, that you you? you you went and got this uh, special training in eye readings, you find that that has changed the way you uh, look at people?
2: Oh, it does, it completely changes the way I look at people. And it's, for a number of years, I couldn't not think about it all the time. And. I just say so. I combine the, the eye readings work and all of my experience in business, and then I also studied with a number of somatic psychotherapists. So that's what I call body psychology. There's just so much that we take in about each other, and so when I look at someone now, I, I do particularly look at their eyes. I was always really good with, um, with eye contact, and then I've done some eye gazing, and I look at someone a bit differently when I look at their eyes now. And what I do is very, very different than iridology. Some people may have heard of that. That's a a study of the physical properties of the iris, the colored part of the eye, and that relates to a person's physical health. And I've heard it also does say some things about personality. But I'm looking at the energy that comes through someone's eyes. So I'm gonna say some people have energy that primarily comes out of their eyes. And some people are drawing things in through their eyes, into themselves. Some people's eyes move, some of them move in a very kind of curvaceous way and others move in a very sharp way. I'm looking at the energy of the person as a whole too. So um, is their energy very grounded or is it more spacey? I look at how people's eyes focus. Are they more diffuse when they look at the world or are they focused very precisely? Um, And so when I look at someone kind of ironic, I'm, I'm looking at all these things all at once. And then my, you know, my mind is, is categorizing all kinds of things you know in a split second. but I also don't really look at people's eyes in the way people typically look at each other. I've been dating someone for like six months and had them say something about the color of their eyes and I like I don't even know what color their eyes are like I'm looking at their energy I'm not looking at the physical properties even to the color. So it is very different and I'm sure I used to look at people's eyes in a more typical way before where I paid attention to the color and you know and I felt the contact. With them, or the lack of contact, but yeah I, I don't think i I don't think I can go backwards like I can't look at people's eyes the same way again. I'm always reading the energy. It's just that for the first few years when I was learning, I did it very consciously all the time. everywhere I was, I was looking at people and and seeing what I can read, and now, after all these years, I finally um, can have a more normal interactions with people, and it's more something that I turn on and turn off you know, turn on more than that, I have to consciously think to not do
1: it. Yeah, it's uh, really important to be able to do that. Uh, so I think before that you were more um, practicing what you've learned and sometimes it's important to just, uh, yeah, turn off from work really, uh, especially when it becomes so much a part of you. So uh, what are you looking for when you're looking to uh, read someone's eyes? You, I know you mentioned that there are all these different types but what are you looking for? Well,
2: maybe let me say a little bit about um, like why I'm doing this. So I believe that the core of who we are we express through our eyes. I think everyone has you know an essence or a soul. Um, there are all kinds of different spiritual approaches one can use with this and just even our our basic experience of people, people are unique there there are subtleties of each person that like I don't see how our biology can create that. I was a geneticist system molecular biologist and, and I never quite understood the uniqueness of people. And for me with this work, I'm able to get a really good look at that uniqueness for people. And so each person has a, an essence or a core of who they are and what they're really about, what they most love. It, it influences all that they do. And for lots of us, the essence of who we are gets covered up as we grow up. We're usually around parents that even though they're so well intentioned they don't fully understand us and don't know how to see us and they want to teach us what they've learned they want us to be protected and safe and successful and so they end up teaching us what to do and what not to do and similarly with our culture in order to fit in or even to rebel from our culture there are certain things that we do or don't do and maybe some of those things are natural and authentic but chances are a lot of us not and By looking at someone's eyes and reflecting what I see in their eyes, my my aim is to help people reconnect with that core of themselves, like that fire of aliveness that's coming through them to help them appreciate it and um, see the richness of it. I can say a bit in a moment about all the different traits I look at. I look at a lot of different things and I want to provide people with resources for being able to recognize themselves and feel empowered to be who they are, to share who they are in everything they do. Um, in their work, you know, in their in their relationships with people, and then to make great choices for people about, you know, who's a great fit for them, whatever it is they're doing, be it, you know, dating and who's going to make a great partner for me in terms of matchmaking or even, you know, our friends, which are our friends that really see us and which don't, and how can we have our friends see us better, you know, and how can we have more joy and more fun with our friends and, and coworkers. Often our coworkers are different than us, and it's great that our coworkers are different because we're doing different things at our at our jobs but then we have different values and different perspectives and how do we see and honor each other and how do we know who to go to when we need something like who's the best person for that so my aim is to help people very deeply understand themselves feel empowered to express who they are and then also have tools for recognizing the diversity of people and making great choices kind of honoring people and making great choices
1: Mm. that's all very very interesting so uh, you've been doing this for 10 years now and um, you've worked with so many people. So how many, uh, I'm curious, just off the bat, how many matches have you made through this eye reading?
2: Oh gosh, that's, it's so, um, I mean, I don't have a good count. And in some ways it's hard to say. I've had a number of people, a number, you know, a good number of couples get married. Many people are together for a few years. Part of, how this all relates to, to dating, maybe I want to share just a tiny little bit about what the archetypes are I'm looking at and some patterns of dating and relationships that we're typically in, because all this gets woven together. When I'm looking at someone's eyes, I'm reflecting back their natural talents, so that's what they value and what are the gifts. Um, it, it's the deepest dive into what are the gifts they're here to share. I look at our natural rhythm, how we make decisions, how we communicate, what motivates us, how we protect ourselves, and consciousness. And I think that people that are the best match romantically are aligned in consciousness and Mm. enough aligned in the way that they protect themselves, because when we're very different in how we protect ourselves, it causes very deep challenges whenever there is an issue between us. And then I look at matching some talent. And and although the other traits matter, too, but usually not as much. And so... I want to say a little bit about um, I'm going to share a little bit more in, in a break
1: yeah so more after this break
0: Conscious lifestyle on steroids. Ohm Times Radio. IOM FM. Host your show on IOM FM, the radio network of Ohm Times Media, one of the more recognized brand names in the conscious community, and is backed by the extensive marketing reach of Ohm Times. Hosting a show on IOM FM immediately connects you with our extensive dedicated community.
1: Kelly Fox, host and astrologer of The Astrology Show. Each week, I'll give you access to the current transits, which are a valuable tool that provide astrological information to help unlock the potential each of us
0: has. Understanding the stars can help steer us in the right direction to
1: make better informed choices. So if you're wondering what's going to happen in your week ahead, be sure to tune in to The Astrology Show for guidance. Mondays at 9
2: p.m. Eastern Time.
1: Every two minutes, an American is sexually assaulted. The majority of victims know their attacker. It could be your friend, your neighbor, or someone you met at a party. If you said no, it's rape, and it's a crime. This is Christina Ricci with Rain. no purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18-plus terms and conditions apply.
2: See website for details.
1: Call the National Sexual Assault Hotline today at 1-800-656-HOPE or visit RAIN.org. That's R-A-I-N-N dot O-R-G.
0: Brought to you by Rain and this station.
1: Welcome back to Arrow's Evolution. You are listening to us on the Times Radio Network, and you can share this show with your friends by going to the link omtimes.com forward slash mobile. With this, you'll be able to listen to the show without needing to download any app. We are talking about intuitive eye readings today, the window to your soul and soulmates. And we are with Laurel Lee uh, Shimayo. She is an intuitive eye reader, body psychology coach, hiring consultant, and romantic matchmaker. She believes that uh uh, uh she or well, aims to empower people to grow spiritually, recognize their and live their purpose, tune their career path, synthesize all their relationships, and select the best compatible romantic partners for them. She uses what we uh what she calls Thrive types to help organisations hire the best employees and provide everyone with resources for being authentic and collaborating to feel fulfilled and make great contributions. She is at her core a connector, connectress, connecting knowledge to an to a into a useful map, uh, helping people with their purpose and genius complementary. Uh, teammates and soulmates to each other, and people into deeper connection. Beautiful. So, well, uh, just before break, we were talking about um, uh, eye reading and how um, uh, Laura Lee started uh, doing this and practicing this, and we started talking about uh, matchmaking. So uh, tell us more about this.
2: Hi, Martha. Great. Let's see. So I used a set of four lessons. Uh, to describe what we're typically learning in the romantic partners that we choose, and people don't realize, but subconsciously they're they're moving through these lessons by reading other people's eyes and choosing who they're attracted to and not attracted to based on their eyes. So let's um, let's talk a little about what those lessons are, and then I can share more about how uh, um, how I match people and how long those partnerships will last. So the first lesson that we're typically in is that. Um, you know, growing up, we, we learned to get love from our parents. Even if our situation was really challenging, we were so trying to get love from our parents. Like, that's our job as, as babies and children. So often when we go out in the world to look for a partner, um, we feel a bit nervous and scared. So it leads to us being a little less authentic than we are in the rest of our lives. And we don't realize, but we use the same strategies to get love and attention as we use with our parents. So we often do what I call um, put on masks on false ways of being to be attractive and so we go out in the world usually you can see it if you have an online dating profile um, how you've written about yourself and the photos you've chosen of yourself you're showing up like you did as a kid and you go looking for people that are like your parents you don't quite realize that but that's what you're doing out in the world and it's um, so you want to find someone that's like your mom or like your dad that sees and loves you and gets you better than your parents did and so we often are doing that with each other and I personally, in my own experience, if you look at, um, you can see a video that I made um, datingpatternsandpurpose.com. I did this myself. There are people like my dad. I had no idea I was dating them over and over. You know, we look back at high school crushes and people I dated in college and people I dated in my twenties and, and you know, into the beginning of my thirties when I first learned about this work. Almost everyone I dated in my marriage, they're all like my dad. And then the second lesson that we're typically in is that we, Let's look at some psychology internally. So we're often judging ourselves in some hard way. We think that, you know, I as a person like, oh, I'm too much of this and I should be less. And oh, I'm too little of that and I should be more. And so we, we we don't like who we are essentially. You know, people are in different degrees of this. And so what happens is as we look out in the world and we see other people and we're subconsciously reading their eyes, when we see someone who's like us, we judge them harshly the same way. We think, oh no, Too much, not enough. And what this means is that the only people out there that we're attracted to, and this happens in your life and it happens in online dating, the only people that we're attracted to are the people that are different than us. So lesson two is about choosing partners that are different. And then often people are multitasking. They're doing lesson one and lesson two at the same time. So when you look at most people, they're in relationship with someone that's like a parent in a number of ways and that also is very different than them. And we're taught in many societies that opposite the attract. And the people that are like our parents and different than us are usually the most sexually attractive. So it's just two people across a crowded room that see each other, that they both have that like, oh, you are the one for me. That's actually where they're most like each other's parents and very different from each other. And it's predictable. Like I can predict who people are attracted to. It's amazing. And some of these partnerships last a long time. They're often quite challenging because when people are so different, they don't like the same things. They don't value the same things. They do things in very different ways. And so they're endlessly compromising and really not honoring themselves. And they're not encouraged to grow and be deeper in who they are because the person's different and the person really wants something different. It's it's often quite hard. So a lot of the relationships, people aren't together as long or they're together forever and they're unhappy. And as we were dating over our lives, usually Um, we end up picking the same kinds of people and the relationships get shorter and shorter and it's because we get more frustrated quickly. And I'm gonna say, the other thing is that when we're with someone that's like our parents, all the family of origin things come up. So those are very challenging. So most people that I work with have been dating people like a parent and different than them over and over. And they know they want something different. They're scared of choosing the same thing again and again. It works with all the archetypes that I see in people's eyes and it also works with all kinds of emotional patterns that we do this. So I'm usually helping people move to what I call lesson three Lesson three is about um, being with someone that's like you. And you have to like who you are enough to be with someone like you. And for me, being with someone that's so like you, you feel such a deep, when we're we're similar, people feel such a deep connection immediately with each other. It can be kind of scary because the person can see right into you. Like they so see your soul because they have a very similar soul. And so it can be scary to be so seen and to be so deeply loved. And each person it's such a call for the other to show up powerfully as who they are, to really be themselves. We can see easily when we're, um, the pain of how we're not honoring ourselves, honoring each other when we're, we can see it in each other when it happens. So being with someone that's like you, as you love yourself more, you love them more. And as you love them more, you love yourself more. So there's a great, great way to grow. And it's so is the experience of being with a soulmate. So usually when i match people, that's what I'm helping them towards. I'm helping them steer away from people like their parents away from people that are so different from them and towards people that are more and more like them. You know, and if, if someone's ready for a deep dive, I'm great with matching them with someone that's very similar. I love to do that with online dating because there's a great pool of people to pick from. And I just, I tune their profile and their photos, and then I help screen eyes to pick people that are similar. And I coach them through the whole dating experience. And for some people that know their purpose, they also can leap up to lesson four. Lesson four is to sh- um, choose someone that has a shared purpose. So if you know what your purpose is, finding someone that shares that is great. And that person doesn't have to be so like you. The most important thing with lesson three is that you're able to be with someone that's like you. And it, it helps you move through all those self-judgments and really appreciate who you are and be so ready to shine your light in the world. So you asked um, earlier on in the show, like how many people have I matched? And I said, I don't have good numbers on that. And, you know, it can be a little bit of a challenge for me as a coach sometimes and that people are ready for what they're ready for. and Often what I'm doing is I'm helping people step forward, step forward much faster than they want on their own. But so sometimes someone's really only attracted to someone that's a little bit like their parent and a little bit different from them, and then more like them. And so sometimes people take steps in relationships. They they might go on some dates and they get how they've been compromising themselves and they're opening to the experience of being seen more, more deeply, and that's starting to get really engaging and um, interesting to them. And then they might be in a relationship with someone that's much more like them. And it might last only like two or three years, for example, or sometimes six months. But now they're like, oh, I want more of that. And so now they go deeper into choosing someone that's more and more like them, someone much closer to a soulmate. So
1: you mentioned a few times, you know, choosing someone closer to them. I was wondering, you know, is is that such a good thing to uh, choose someone closer to them? Uh, so uh, uh, so hear me out, uh, a lot of my clients um, have um, what I call opposites attract. So what, what you are saying actually is closer to them in the sense of not same in terms of interest and all that, but in terms of vibration, is that right?
2: Yeah, so I think that when people are different, there is more, vi- you know, there's often more electricity and sexual attraction. Uh, It just often doesn't provide, in my experience, for the same depth of connection at a soul level. So I'm looking Mm. for someone where there's depth of connection at a soul level and so much attraction and and deep intimacy opens. So for me, it can lead to a very, um, very fulfilling sexual relationship. It's just often a different pathway to that. Mm. Okay.
1: So now I understand what you mean by someone who's more like them in terms of – um, the kind of uh, frequency, I guess, what you're saying.
2: That's right. And if people want to be together with someone that's different, simply being conscious about that makes such a huge difference. So as I, I still think that it's good to match people in what I call worldview or consciousness. And then defenses, um, basically the two opposites are structured and flexible. Some people are structured, they like to plan, they like things neat and tidy and organized, and they wanna face things directly and then some people are flexible in that they're much more easygoing, they figure things out on the fly, they're a little more messy and being on time isn't that important to them and they tend to avoid conflict rather than face it. If people are very different in that, quickly there will be some issue that comes up and the defenses will go crazy and it will be a mess. They probably won't stay together very long. So if people are similarly conscious and similar enough in their defenses and then they have and then we can play with talents so I can say more about these traits but it's talents um, look at how we um, what we value and how we engage in the world and what we're here to share and there are ways of being different but both extroverted or different and both introverted or having different talents that have some similar values or if you mm-hmm. simply know that you're different if you simply know that you're different you can choose that one person has friends where they get mad in a certain way where they don't get met in their relationship mm-hmm. Yeah, because
1: being in a long-term relationship definitely is much more than attraction. So what you're talking about is uh, values, and you're also talking about life compatibility, how you can support each other to be the best version of each other.
2: That's right, and I think it's great if we are compatible at a soul level, and chances are we won't be exactly the same, even if we're very close. The person that I'm dating right now, we're very, very similar and um, we still have some differences. And you know, when you're so similar, the differences are more noticeable.
1: Yeah, okay, I I, I think I got it. So you mentioned you have four lessons uh, that you work uh, with clients. So this is in private session?
2: Oh, so I do a combination of different things. I do private sessions. I also do all sorts of readings and coaching at fairs. And I work with people by video all around the world. And we're gonna do more.
1: Okay, so, uh, yeah, we'll come back and uh, talk more about this. This is really interesting. Thank
2: you.
0: Free Your Mind with ohm Times Radio, IOM FM.
2: More than 24 million Americans have an autoimmune disorder, and that number continues to grow. I'm Sharon Saylor, and I'm one of those 24 million. To put that number in perspective, cancer affects about 9 million and heart disease up to 22 million. That's why I've brought together top experts and those thriving regardless of their diagnosis to bring you the latest, most up-to-date information. Join me, Sharon Saylor, Friday night, 7 p.m. Eastern. Computer solitaire,
0: huh? Oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward for by law. 18 plus. and conditions apply. See website for details.
2: For the Autoimmune Hour on Life Interrupted Radio. To find out how to live your life uninterrupted.
0: What's up? This is Brad and Mike from Lincoln Park for LifeBeat, the music industry fights AIDS. Listen up. Times are tough and you get a lot of things thrown your way. If you're being pressured to have sex and you're not ready, then say no. If you're having sex, be smart and use protection. Respect yourself and protect yourself. For more information, call the National AIDS Hotline at 1-800-342-AIDS or log on to www.lifebeat.org.
1: And welcome back to the second half of uh, today's show. We're talking about intuitive eye readings. And uh, we are with uh, Laura Lee uh, Shimayo. And uh, you can find her at ThriveTypes.com and also lauraleeshimayo.com. You can also find her on Facebook as uh, ThriveTypes and uh, shimaya, uh, sorry, Laura Lee Shimayo, one word, on Twitter. And uh, we're talking about uh, um intuitive eye readings, and so far on today's show, uh, Laura Lee was first uh, talking about how she started doing this work, and uh, now we're talking about uh, using eye readings uh, for uh, matchmaking. And uh, she she was just sharing, uh, just before break, about the four uh, lessons that she has and how she takes people through a process. And uh, I was curious, because I haven't really worked it out, whether, um, I know there are many ways we can work uh, as practitioners, uh, so these four sessions you mentioned—is it private coaching, or um, you know, like—is uh, this like a oh, on online learning, or like you read a book? What, what 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 is the process?
2: Oh, it's great. So so the the four lessons are described in my conscious online dating guide, and that's available on my website, and it's also on Etsy, and I often just share about it with people. Um, I teach classes, too, on conscious online dating, and it would probably be good for me to do that online, too. So I, the four lessons, I'd say, I'll just say them again, too, they're, they're pretty simple. It's the integrating it that's different that's a little more challenging. The first one is dating someone like our parents or defined by our parents. It might be the opposite of our parents. The second is that we tend to choose opposites, opposites attract. The third, we um, optionally choose someone that's like us. And then the fourth, we choose someone with similar purpose. And when we're with someone with a similar purpose, they don't have to be fully like us. And it's important that we, we generally go through these in order unless we're ready to date someone, you know, just like us and we skip something there. Um, so I'm helping people understand where they are in their history with that. Like I, I'm, I, when I do a reading, I often have, when I do a private reading, I have people send me photos of their parents. And if we wanna talk about dating, have them send me photos of their exes, as many as they can find, um, you know, sometimes they're online and things like that. And I'm able to help them see where they are in their lessons. And I'm able to help them by by using the Thrive Types archetypes. I can help them see the themes and all the people that they've dated. And they're able to tap into that pain that they've experienced with all those relationships and feel the theme of it in a way that's very healing and helps them open to something new. And then in talking about the people that are similar, like they can get, like if, if you're someone that's really social and playful and fun, Like, wouldn't it be great to be with someone else who's social and playful and fun you know they want to do more of that with you and you're you're never too big you never talk too much like it's always just the right amount or someone that's really creative and wants lots of freedom so what if you're with someone else who wants lots of freedom then no one ever feels controlled so there are all kinds of traits like that where i think it's great to be similar Mm. that's cool Okay, so you've been
1: uh, talking about tribe types. Uh, I know that um, has something to do with archetypes. So what are, what are they and how do they reflect what you see?
2: No, oh, it's great. So the yeah, other all kinds of traits that I look at when I'm doing a reading with someone. So um, the most important one is a set of talents and I'll describe those in a moment. So I look at talents, a person's pacing or rhythm, sort of how quickly they integrate and share and move in the world how they make decisions, if they wanna look at lots of options before making a choice, or they wanna narrow and pick something and then tune as they go forward. I look at how we communicate, look at the order of how we use mind, heart, and body, and how we integrate and share. I look at what motivates us. I have a set of seven motivations and each person has one. And all of these traits that I've described so far have lessons. So we're growing and deepening and accepting and expressing who we are, and we're born with all those. We often get that covered up by thinking we need to be different than we are, but we have a, at the core, we have a great combination of all of who we are to share. And then during the first two years of our life, we learn how to protect ourselves based on our family of origin. That's our defense. And then worldview is a set of lessons of consciousness. So typically the most important trait to, to know, and excuse me one moment, I'm going to sneeze, I think. So the most important trait to, to know about yourself really are your talents. I use a set of seven talents, and you can see all this on my website, thrivetypes.com, that's T-H-R-I-V-E-T-Y-P-E-S.com. I, I describe all of these on all the different traits. So there's seven talents, and three of them are more introverted, where they're either classic introverts, more one-on-one with people, or they're not interested in relationships with people specifically. Three of them are more extroverted, and it doesn't mean that they love to be around people all the time. One of them does. And the other two, they um, they all see people as a whole group. They can see the, the pattern and the theme of a the whole group together. And so that's really what makes them extroverted for me. They can connect to a whole group at once. And then there's one that's in between introverted and extroverted. That's one way of sorting them. And then there's some patterns in the pairs. Two of them are about people. One of them's extroverted, one of them's introverted. Two of them are about the space between. One of them is about the space between people, and the other is the space between what exists. And then two of them are about action. One is about seeing a great big opportunity and directing other people to take action. That's the extroverted one. And then the more introverted one is the one that takes action on their own. And then the one in between is about assimilating or integrating knowledge. So maybe I could, I'll could i say a little bit about what these are. And so each person has three of these, and they come in a specific order. And so I'm um, usually the first place I start when I'm doing a reading with people. And by the way, I do free sample of these readings. So if someone wants to send me an email to Lorelei at um, send me an email with uh, one or two or three photos of you that show your eyes and I'll write you back and um, share one of your talents with you. Um, and then I'd love to put you on my, my email list in exchange for that. But so um, I'll share a little about them. And as I go through and describe, you can think for yourself, which of these feel most easy and natural, which ones feel like you should be, some expectation like you should be that, and then which ones you're so sure you don't have. You can think about other people you know too and people you've dated and all that stuff. So the first two I'll describe are the two that are about people. They're called server and priest or priestess. So server is the introverted one. It wants deep one-on-one connections with people. It wants everyone loved and honored and seen and respected and each of these talents is bothered and triggered by something. So people that have server, which is about love and connection, they're bothered when someone's being insensitive. So if someone's being insensitive to someone else or to another living being, they're gonna just jump in and stop that from happening. Someone that has the priest or priestess talent, they are also about people, but where servers are about honoring how people are right now, priest priestess sees the potential in someone, they see the possibility and they want, they're all about honoring that potential. They want people to stretch and grow and reach their potential. So they use emotions to pull people forward. So servers that are one-on-one use feelings in the moment and priest priestess that are about possibility and potential and inspiration, they use emotions. And priest priestess, they're bothered when someone is avoiding the truth. That would be something that's in the way of having you reach your potential. So they want you to face it. So those are two. And now the next two are the ones that are about the space between. So SAGE is the space between people. They want everyone to be playful and connected in community, having a good time, having fun. They are the classic extrovert. They notice if the group is stuck in some way and they do something to get it flowing. And it might be that they crack joke or they make a funny noise or they do all kinds of things. They ask people questions to get them engaged in telling a story, all kinds of things like that. And then the space between what exists is artisan. They're about creativity, freedom, and pleasure. Um, they how do say, um, they can get distracted by all kinds of cool ideas and experiences, and they can also bring amazing um, sensual pleasures and creative ideas, and they can make creative things. Um, so everyone has access to those. They're great inventors and entrepreneurs. And they notice if things are ordinary or boring, and they want it to be more interesting. So they're the introverts because they're not really about people. They're about ideas and pleasure. So then the next two are about action. Um, the more extroverted one is called King or Queen. So that one um, sits from way up high, often in private, um, and they just look down at everything and they see how everything works and why people do what they do. And um, they say they direct others to take action to accomplish some great big opportunity that they see. And they're bothered by incompetence. They want um, if if you can't do or won't do what you say, you can do you're useless to them. So they're kind of mean, cool, you could say. They do a version of cut off your head. And then warriors are the grounded, practical doers themselves. They're the more introverted ones. They want all energy to go into producing great results, useful results. So they care about efficiency, effectiveness. They're bothered by waste. And, um, yeah, so they're the introverted ones. They're about taking action themselves. And then scholars are the integrators or assimilators. They're about building knowledge, drawing everything in. They're the ones that have energy coming into their eyes. They build everything together in a map inside them. Um, They're curious and ask questions. And they love to share answers from information that they've already learned, solve problems from information they've already learned. um, And they notice missing and wrong information um, and bring that up. And I should say too, artisans and scholars are both the problem solvers. Artisans pull ideas from the clouds. Like they have their attention on the edges of what exists all the time. And so they solve problems in really creative ways and scholars solve problems with information that's already known. So these are the seven Right? So, server is about love and deep connection, priest, priestess about inspiration and vision. Sage is about communication and community and playfulness. Artisan is about creativity, pleasure, and energy often. They're um, very fluid energetically. King or Queen is about power building power and directing others. Warrior is about efficiency and effectiveness and accomplishing results. And then Scholar is about building knowledge. So, everyone can kind of look and see, like, which one of these they might have. And there are some tricks for how to figure out which ones you have on your own without getting an eye reading. And I'm wondering if we're going to have a break soon and I can share that after, or it's possible. I can just go into that right now too. So you don't need any special tricks like eye readings to know what your natural talents are. I believe that we all can sense it in our bodies. We just have been learned. We've learned to not pay attention to our bodies and not follow that feedback. So, When you think about all the things that you do, where do you feel a lot of energy? Where do you feel a lot of joy? Where are things really easy? A lot of us imagine that, oh, when something's really easy, it has no value because we imagine everyone else is like us. And that's exactly the trick. The things that are so easy are the things that are so natural to us. Those are often the things that we specifically and often uniquely provide. And our talents let us know what things are really easy for us. So if you were to notice all the things that were easy, where you feel so much joy, where when doing that activity, you actually feel lots of energy, and you did more and more of that, and you do less of the things that drag you down, drain you, exhaust you, and you kept tuning your life and your work so that you do what you love, you'll be like right in the core of your essence of who you are. And you don't need an eye reading to get there. It's just that most of us don't realize to listen to that. We don't follow it. And also, we don't realize that so many of the different traits are connected. Like, for example, people that have that artisan talent are about creativity and sensual pleasure, and they're often energetically very fluid. So who would ever know that all those things are connected? Like, people don't realize to connect those together and to see that that's a gift and that it's exactly when they're in that that space and contributing in that way, in all those kinds of ways, although some artisans only have, like, two or three of them that that's where we provide the most value and can be the most successful in the world. And I think that the, when we're still honoring what's true of us, we'll naturally move towards people like us. For matchmaking, that is, for dating. Thank you so much. So, Laura
1: Lee, where you ask this question.
0: The best of the conscious minds in the world. Ohm Times Radio. Your conscious lifestyle on steroids. The number one reason girls drop out of school in sub Saharan Africa is lack of access to feminine hygiene products. The Pads for School Girls Project, an outreach of Humanity Healing International, is changing this paradigm by setting up sewing programs at schools, teaching girls a vocational skill while producing the reusable pads that help keep them attending classes. The girls pay it forward by making and giving pad kits to other girls in need. To learn more, visit humanityhealing.org. Humanity Healing is where your heart is. It's on us to stop sexual assault.
1: To get in the way before it happens. To get a friend home
0: safe. And To not blame the victim. It's on us to look out for each other. To not not look the other way. It's on us to stand up. To step in to take responsibility. It's on us, all of us, to stop stop sexual assault. Learn how and take the pledge at itsonus.org.
1: And welcome back to the last 15 minutes of today's show. And uh, we've had a very, very interesting uh, uh, interview with uh, Laura Lee Shimayo uh, today so far. Uh, she's an intuitive eye reader, body psychology coach, hiring consultant, and romantic matchmaker. And uh, just before break, we're going into the, all the different archetypes that are available. And uh, you can find uh, more about her and her work uh, going to her website, subscri- scuff, sub, sub, sorry, <laughs> subscribing to her newsletter. And also, her. Um, her um, you want to check out her books, um, so uh, she has one called the Sweet Spot, leveraging your talents in leadership and life, and she has another one, Conscious Online Dating Guide. Eyes are the window to your soulmate, and uh, these are also in the uh, the archetypes are also in the books. And uh, uh, just now she gave a shout out to her offer. I'm not sure whether you caught that, and uh, she was offering that if you send a couple of photos to her with your eyes, uh, she'll be able to uh, give you a very uh, a brief sample reading of your talents, and then she will also add you to her newsletter. And uh, you can email her at uh, lauralee at ThriveTypes.com. Is that right?
2: Yes, that's correct.
1: Okay. Yeah. Yes. And that sounds so more- um, Yeah, go ahead.
2: Oh, great yeah so email me a photo of your eyes and really your whole face is best so email me a couple photos of your face and i'll share a bit of what i see in your eyes i'll share um, likely i'll share one of your talents as i mentioned earlier so each person has three of these talents and they come in an order so it's most important to know which is your first one and all of these talents have lessons too so we're i say we we first we well this is a set of lessons where we overshare and are pushy about our talent, and then we we accept it and we savor it and we really um, we just enjoy our talent and share and express it, and then we grow to so relax into our talent and share it very spaciously. So I'll give you an example. So I have that scholar talent. I've shared tons of information, right you can tell. And it's important that I gauge. like right? so if I'm do I share the right amount of information, do I share too much? And when I get nervous, right, I might tend to share too much. So, um, it's just an opportunity for me to be spacious and fluid in the moment and spontaneous with my information and, you know, balance for who my listeners are. So, but yeah, yeah tons of information on my website and in my books, um, that yeah, you can, you can access and see, and I love working with people by video. So well, let's see. So, ah, I think, where should we go? So you, we talked, we were talking a bit about, yeah. um, about romance and dating and, and mm. go ahead. Did you have a question?
1: Yes, so, uh, you know, there are many applications to your work, so not just to dating. So what about uh, for other areas such as, uh, you know, we mentioned earlier uh, in the introduction, uh, leadership, life, and love. So could you talk a little bit about the application of that in other areas?
2: Sure, that's great. So, So I mentioned the difference between what's authentic and masks. Masks are when we take on something that's not natural, and we think we should do that. And what's authentic and natural are the things that are really easy and energizing. And we typically make really great contributions from those. And the talents come in an order one, two, three. And so the, the expressing the first one is the best thing. And we often have a journey to grow into that. So if, and, and some of this is described on my website with images too. So lots of people have chosen their work from the masking. I even did that in the beginning. Of my career and that my grandmother really loved science. She particularly appreciated genetics and evolution and so what did I study in college? I studied genetics and evolution and molecular biology and I'm good at it because I have scholar and I have some of the other talents that are great for that. However, I did it from my grandmother's love. My love really was people and I thought about studying psychology in college, but I didn't do that. I instead chose from my masking. And I chose from my 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 second talent also, but that's not um, it wasn't as authentic for me. And so, as I was maturing in my life and developing, the call of my first talent, my interest in understanding people and playing in this world of spontaneously understanding people, got louder and louder. and so I shifted and became a coach. And so for many people, if they've set up their their work life around their masking or their less authentic talents, over time, particularly as we get a little older, Um, We just get more drained and exhausted, and we're not nearly as successful as people that naturally have the talents that are good at that work. So when I do an eye reading with people and I help them get a sense of who they are, they often can see how those things show up in their life, and they also can often see how it's not showing up as much in their work life as they really want. Sometimes they've surrounded themselves with people that don't want what's authentic about them. So sometimes it's simply tuning how people do their work. Um, looking at ways that they can do their work that they currently do in ways that are more authentic for them. Sometimes it has to do with handing off part of their work that they don't like. Maybe part of it is really authentic and natural for them and part of it's not. And then there are strategies. You know, it can be, um, you know, finding a coworker way to trade some of what you do. For some people, it's really changing the direction that they're headed in, really changing their career path. And that might be looking for a different work in the same organization or it could be completely changing fields. And that can seem scary for people. Sometimes people think they need to go back and get more education, but often that's scholar masking or some of the earlier lessons of scholar where they think they need certification and training. I believe that when people are doing what they love, what they're naturally good at, they're so good at that. And so I'm able often to help people see how they've been expressing that all their life and change kind of uh, tune the way to share their work history so that it's clear that they already have experience and I help people make um, great shifts. So tapping into what your talents are will help you do your work in a way that's more fulfilling, where you get better results, and help you see what direction you might go in so that you have more success with that. The My book, The Sweet Spot, is primarily contexted for leadership and for work. Um, I worked as a leadership coach for a number of years, and my co-author is a leadership coach. And it goes through the seven talents and depth with examples of famous people, and it goes through the lessons, how to grow through your lessons, and gives you lots of the tips for how to get the most from the talents that you have and from other people's talents. So that's why if you know the talents of the people around you, you might know why you love some people and why you're triggered by some people. If you want really creative ideas, for example, you go to someone that has artisan and you brainstorm with them. Or if you want to make something more efficient process, you go to someone that has a warrior. Or if you want to get inspired, go have a conversation with someone that has priest, priestess. So yeah, there are all kinds of tricks. Um, for how to, how to engage with people where it's really great for them and it's really great for you too.
1: Yeah, that's very interesting because now I begin to see the application to leadership and life and having more clarity, and um, this is totally relevant. And uh, I, I really love what you're talking about, Mark. So I have um, really um, this uh, very important question, which I always ask my guests. Uh, so this show uh, is, Um, was created with the intent of exploring the link between sex and spirit and, um, you know, the eyes are definitely very much uh, the window to the soul and very much to understanding about yourself. What do you see uh, is the link between um, uh, sex and spirit, uh, maybe in your own words um, and how maybe perhaps your work uh, is, uh, I can see how your work is related to spirituality um, and also sexuality uh, but in your own words, uh, what do you see is the link between sex and spirit?
2: Oh, that's great. So, oh, and I just so many different topics come to mind, like I just also Jenny Wade and um, talking about consciousness and sexuality and just so many different things. So I, well, gosh, I think that in being sexual with someone that it's great to have deep spiritual connection at the same time. And, and I do personally believe that some of the easiest access to deep spiritual connection is with someone that's similar. But I think all kinds of eye gazing as part of sexual connection is so important. For me, um, spirit is in each of us and it's that magic of spirits touching and connecting it can be through sexual connection, through eye gazing, um, but that's a way that when we're with someone where we feel that resonance, we become so much more alive and we access the spirit and the, access expression of the spirit within us. I think that uh, sexual connection that taps into spirit so wakes us up to just share more of, the, of this authenticity of who we are throughout all of our lives. So I'm a big fan of being mm. sexual with eyes open and really feeling deep connection with each other. Mm. Great.
1: Thank you so much for for everything that you're sharing. Uh, Any um, last words uh, um, that you want to share with listeners?
2: Oh, well, I I encourage everybody to just to, to start to use that new lens of like being aware in your life. Where does your body, your body gives you feedback. So this is like a great exercise everyone can do. If you kind of stand up and shake off, and then think about something you really don't like to do, and imagine you had to do a lot of it, and just oh, that's heavy in your body. Like exaggerate what you notice. Chances are you feel tight. You might feel a little more cold. You might um, not be breathing deeply. These are all messages that your body's giving you that you yuck. You don't like something. So shake that off. Now think about something that you love. You know, to some extent, you could even think about being sexual. But so think about something that you love, where you've just You'd love to be able to do that more and more um, throughout your day, all your life. And you could change that power if you wanted, But you so got to do what you wanted. And feel that in your body. I can exaggerate what you notice in your body, and chances are you feel a lot of flow and movement of your energy. You feel joy. Your attention goes outward in, in a number of directions at once. And you might feel a power that comes up through your spine. So this is where your body is giving you feedback that this is a good thing. So if you use this lens now of when does my body, what are the sensations of when my body's turned down and off, and what are the sensations of when I feel alive and powerful and powered, and you make more choices in your life to do more and more of where you feel alive, and less and less of where you don't, you're going to be deepening in your sweet spot. You're going to be authentic. You'll be expressing your genius. And there might be ways you feel scared, and I teach a a number of fear antidotes for how to shift through that. But you might feel scared, and so love yourself for this journey. You're totally taking steps to be authentic and to share the gift, the spirit that's through you, and appreciate that you're that you're leaning into this and taking these small steps. And if you're ready, take big leaps to share more and more of who you are. What have you not shared with someone that's close to you? What can you reveal? And you'll notice that your aliveness will increase. So, eye readings for me are one pathway in for helping people be. Um, authentic and true and connected to their aliveness, I think it's better for each individual person. And I think it's great for everyone else because we all benefit when we're being true and authentic. We know when we're around someone that's not being authentic, it doesn't feel good. The more we're authentic and real, it's better for us, it's better for those around us. And I believe that we make much better contributions that are so good for all of society. The eye readings for me are uh, an easy access to that, really fast, and there's so many ways
1: beautiful thank you so much for coming on to today's show and uh, yeah thank you thank you uh, once again and uh, for listeners out there uh, stay tuned next week um, we're going to be talking about a different topic with someone who's a very seasoned a BDSM a practitioner and um, a book publisher as well so yeah stay tuned to Arrow's Evolution next week in the meantime have a fantastic week ahead of you good uh, goodbye